In Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now let's look at verse 14. It says, If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, we're made partakers of Christ. So he's telling us to just think back to when you were first saved. There had to be something change in you to become saved. You had to decide from that point forward you were going to believe in Jesus Christ. He's telling you to hang on to that first belief. That thing that you had to go through in order to to change, hang on to it. Now, what am I talking about? Well, let me give you an example. As many times you look in the Bible, things that happened were illustrations of how you should live your life. And the thing I want to talk to you mostly about is the Israelites. That's what this scripture is talking about. When they came out of Egypt, they, uh, they came out of Egypt, they saw a lot of miracles. They saw a lot of things happen. You know... They didn't have to leave Egypt. Nobody forced them out. But what was it? Why did they leave? They they desired to be free. They wanted freedom from that bondage they were in. So they had to do something to make this happen. They had to believe that God had sent Moses. They had to believe that God was going to provide the means and the way for them to become free. You know, they saw a lot of things happen. They saw all these plagues that God brought upon the Egyptians. Just amazing miracles. They saw the Red Sea parted. You know, I I can't even imagine what that must have been like. Not only to see the water part, but to walk across on dry ground. Now, you're talking about land that has been covered in water from who knows how long. If y'all have ever walked in a pond or or anything and never stepped on the bottom, you know how it is. These people walked across on dry ground. When they were in the wilderness, they God uh, gave them light by night with a pillar of fire. And he, he gave them a cloud into the daytime to give them shade. It followed them. They got water from a rock. Now, that's the last place you would think to look for water. But they got water from a rock. And this rock somehow followed them. 
They didn't have to pick it up and carry it. It was just there. They got manna every day from heaven. Food to eat. Just provided for them. These people saw all these wonderful, miraculous things. Yet they still turned away from God. Time after time after time. They didn't hold on to that first belief. You know, like I said, they had to they had to consciously make a decision to believe something, have a desire to see something change. But but once they got out of it, what did they say? Weren't we better off in Egypt? But they they would rather have went back into bondage than to stay out there in the wilderness and see all these things being performed by God. Instead of hanging on to that little bit of faith that they needed to to believe that God was going to continue providing, they wanted to keep second-guessing God. They wanted to keep going to these false idols and, and, and try to worship something other than God. They wanted to do anything but hang on to that initial faith. Now this Word tells us that They could not enter into that rest because of unbelief. You know, if you get a map and and look at this area these people were in, it's not all that big of an area. But yet it took them 40 years. Now, I've never taken the time to see exactly how many miles it was that they walked or that they should have walked. But it took them 40 years to get to the promised land. They spent a whole lot of time just wandering around. I imagine they were probably walking in circles. Now, is that because God doesn't know, doesn't have a GPS, doesn't, know, doesn't have a map, doesn't know how to direct them in the right way? No, it's because God was cleansing them. He was purifying them. He was, he was getting rid of those that, that had that unbelief. He told them, you're not going to enter my rest if you have unbelief. You know, one thing I thought of is having one initial great experience is not enough to get you into that rest. You know, we can stand here all day and debate salvation. And you know, in a lot of ways... You know, you've always heard that some people believe once saved, always saved. And in a lot of ways, I'm I'm pretty close to that. But let me explain to you. I don't think salvation is something that I have to worry about losing. I don't have to worry about something taking it away from me. But I do believe I can walk away. I do believe I can turn my back on God and and tell Him, I got this, you go on and leave me alone, and He'll do it. <clears throat> so that, that initial first experience, that first, that first point where I believe God, is not enough to get me into His rest. It, it takes something that goes on with you. And just like this Word tells us, hold on to that beginning of our confidence, steadfast unto the end, is what it said there in verse 14. We've got to hang on to it. That first experience does not guarantee us anything. 
Now, I want to show you a comparison real quick between the Israelites and us. Like I told you, the Israelites didn't have to leave Egypt, but they didn't want to be slaves. People don't have to become saved, but they fear the alternative. You know, just like the Israelites, they they didn't want to stay there and be in bondage and and be uh, beaten and and treated roughly by the Egyptians. They feared the alternative. So they decided, look, that's got to be better. The Israelites began complaining about how they had it better in Egypt. You know, a lot of times as Christians, when we first get saved, really what we focus on is what we can't do. And we start looking at people that aren't Christians thinking, man, I wish I could get away with doing some of the things they're doing. That's what these Israelites were doing. They were doing the same thing. They were thinking, back in Egypt, we didn't have all these all these rules that God's trying to make us abide by. We didn't have to worry about keeping our faith intact. We could just exist. We could just live. We do the same thing too many times. <clears throat> Let me read you another scripture. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. <clears throat> For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. You know, sometimes as Christians, we want to go ahead and be in that rest. But if you hadn't entered into the rest, that Scripture tells you that you need to be laboring. Okay? You try to enter into that rest now, and all that stuff we just talked about is exactly what you're doing. You're... You're not hanging on to that first belief. That first belief was to step out in faith, to believe that Jesus could provide something that I couldn't get anywhere else. That first belief that I had was that God had something that I needed. He had that eternal life. He had had something that nothing else could provide. But we want to get in and then rest. We don't want to do any other work. You know, I've got to tell you something tonight. God did not call you into His marvelous light to rest. That rest is is kind of your reward. That's something that comes afterwards. It's something that after you have labored, you get the rest. You don't get the rest without the labor. You know, I could go to work tomorrow and sit there in my chair and do nothing all day. And I might get away with that for a day or two. But I guarantee you there's going to come a time when somebody's going to come to me and ask me, what have I been doing? What about this task that we gave you to do? Is it completed? And I'm going to have to tell them no. Well, they're going to say, well, why not? And I'm going to tell them because I've been sitting here in my chair all day. I just didn't really want to do anything. I was resting. They're going to say, well, go home and rest. And we're not going to pay you anything, by the way. 
You know, this is, God is the same way. He expects some labor for the reward that He's going to give you. <clears throat> we want to be comfortable. We want, we want that rest, but we are just so lazy and not willing to put the work out for it. Just, that's what these Israelites were hoping for. They were hoping for freedom, but they were also hoping for rest. They weren't willing to stick it out and, and see what it was God wanted to do with them. You know, God had a lot of work for those Israelites to do. <clears throat> there was a purpose in them going into that promised land. It wasn't just because God wanted to bless them. There was a purpose there. You know, you can look all through the history in the Bible and see that God had a purpose for the Israelites. But there were some of them that weren't interested in that work. They weren't interested in, you know, even even up to the point of when they were about to go into the promised land, you had the spies that came back and said, oh man, we don't want to mess with these people. They didn't want to worry about the work. They just wanted to rest. It's a tough thing to to keep active. It's tough to examine yourself periodically and, and determine whether you're laboring or are you resting. And that Word tells us that we need to be laboring. Until the time comes that God calls you into His rest, you need to be laboring. You need to be doing whatever it is He has put at your feet to do. Whatever task is at hand. And you may think, well, you know, I'm however old, 60, 70, 80, whatever, it doesn't matter. Is there really anything that I can be doing? Well, have you asked God that question? It's real easy for us to sit there sometimes and, and think, well, I just don't have anything to do, but at the same time, you're not looking for anything to do. You know, it's easy for me on Saturday to uh, sit around the house and not do much. But I guarantee you, if I go ask my wife, is there something you need done, she's probably got a list. She could make a list if she don't, I guarantee you. She's got things that, that I don't want to think about that she wants me to do. I could come up with that list on my own if I wanted to. But that's the difference, see? God has things He needs done. He, need, he has things that will be accomplished. You have to decide whether you want to be a part of that. Do you want to receive that reward that He has for you? You know, I believe in a certain amount of liberty in our salvation. I believe there is a lot of things that I just don't even have to be concerned about because of the security I have. I know who I am in Christ. You can't take that away from me. But you know, I can cheat myself out of it. I can cheat myself out of the reward that God has for me. I can cheat myself out of salvation if I try too bad enough. I don't think any of us here have that problem tonight. But what are you cheating yourself out of? Are you doing everything to the fullest that you can? I know I'm not. But 
that's something I want to change. And it may take me a while. It may take me some time to to knock off those old scales and and uh, kind of break free from some of that. But that's part of diligently seeking Him, like we've talked about before. This ain't this isn't a uh, this isn't a race, really. I mean, it's not. We're, we're not looking for a sprint here. This ain't a quarter-mile drag race. This is a long thing. You know, you've got time. But you've got to be... You've got to get off the starting line. You can't, you can't sit there in the, in the uh, pit row letting people put gas in your car and putting tires on when you ain't even went anywhere. You know, we, we get saved as, and we're, we're all fired up at first. We make a couple laps around the racetrack, and we pull in and decide, well, we're we're at our we're resting now. But we we've, we've got to get back out there and keep making some laps. Sometimes it, man, sometimes it seems like we're just beating our head against the wall. And you know, sometimes maybe we are. Sometimes we work hard at doing something that we ain't got no business working hard at doing. You know, not all of us are called to the same thing. Sometimes we we have something we want to do, and we'll work hard at doing it all in the name of doing God's will. At the same time, we really ain't ever asked God what it was He wanted us to be doing. You know, you get off on doing some something like that, you get off on one of these tangents... Doing things in the in the name of God's will, without ever actually seeking God's will, and you'll become more of a hindrance to somebody than you will a help. Even though you have the best of intentions, God never never really excuses foolishness. You know, just because you are trying to do something to help somebody doesn't mean that's what you need to be doing. Um, <clears throat> let me look at the Scripture again. <clears throat> you know, I think we need to Sometimes you know, I sometimes I forget what it was like when I got saved. I have to think pretty hard sometimes to get back to that point. But you know, if I think about it, I remember I remember standing there behind a pew, just like everybody always says, you know, white knuckles just hanging on. And I didn't know exactly what was going on in some aspects. I didn't know what it was that was compelling me to go down there. But there, I knew there was something that was not normal. There was something that was said. There was something in a song. I don't know. The Spirit moved upon me, though. And I felt a, a tugging. I felt something that was drawing me 
to go down there and accept Jesus as my Savior. When was the last time you felt something like that? You know, when I really think about it, every time I begin to seek God for what His what He would have me to preach about or what He would have me to, to do in my life. And when I, when I get some sort of answer from Him, it's the same feeling. When I begin to seek Him, I, I get that same sort of feeling inside. It's, it's confirmation of what it is He wants me to do. That's what He's talking about, about holding on to that first belief. Holding on to that thing that you felt the first time when you were saved. You know, people say, well, that, that's just that's the thing you felt the first time. That's not the only thing. And it's not. But you can keep, you can keep feeling that same thing. Because that's the presence of God. And if it's been a long time since you felt the presence of God, then you need to spend some time in prayer. You need to be sure that you're still going about His business. Be sure that you're still laboring uh, to enter into that rest. 